Welcome to a special Outsports podcast. The Marvel Comics Universe meets Outsports. With me on the phone, co-founder Sid Ziegler, deputy managing editor Alex Reamer. It's a pleasure to be here, Don. Contributors Ken Schultz. Hey, Don. Harley Webb. Excelsior. And Brian Bell would join us later. Let's start with you, Sid. Who's your favorite Marvel Comics Universe superhero? My favorite? Well, the one I had a crush on as a kid was Cyclops. Um, <laughs> why? And why? Yeah, why? Because because he was, I don't know, he was just hot. <laughs> Even behind that 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 silly uh mask he was just hot he had a, like a long like lean body and it was just just that 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 was my go-to in uh in marvel for sure he only has one eye though cyclops do you look you're able to look well, past no, he has, that he has two eyes it's just a mask that makes him look like he has one giant eye oh. very it, appropriate it, for these it, times yeah see <laughs> he was he was ahead of his times ahead of his time uh, so, Anyone else yeah, have a so, crush besides Sid on a Marvel Comics superhero? I think the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man definitely made me reconsider what I thought my sexuality was to that point. So uh, <laughs> I'll throw that out there. I, I don't know if this is about me, honestly. It, uh, as long as you don't get into sticky, that's all I don't want to hear about. <laughs> I, I'm not going there. You're the one that brought that up. <laughs> yes, I did. Charlie, do you have a, a, a crush on any of our MCU superheroes? Actually, I do. Firestar was my crush as a little kid. And I know that's kind of the more, that's kind of the little bit more obscure end of the Marvel Comics universe. But one, she was gorgeous. Two, red hair. Oh, I want to change my hair color to that just for that. And number three, her power, which was the manipulation of fire and heat, which I, and she did it for stunning effect. And again, um, her costume was just like, I would love to look that that toned cut and hot. I mean, she's number one with Storm a close second. Carly, am I remembering right? Was there a Saturday morning cartoon with Firestar and Iceman? Exactly. Yes, there was. The Spider Friends. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. I did love Spider-Man. I like Peter Parker, um, the comic book character. Um, He was my favorite of the Marvel comics. Alex, can you name... Can you name at least three Marvel Comics superheroes? I laughed at childhood. It was so sad. I mean, I can name Spider-Man and Captain America and, like, the Hulk. Are they, are those, those are All Marvel, three. right? Yes, you okay, got three. Good. Three you out of three. three. There you go. Going to five, we'd be in trouble, but, um, <laughs> but I would, I mean, I mean, Captain, I mean, Spider-Man is always interesting to me because I like the mysterious kind of anonymous thing about him. You know, I don't know if I had a crush when I was younger, but I can maybe see it now. Brian Bell, have you joined us again? Yes, I am here. Welcome back, Brian. I know you were on a secret mission. Yes. We, we, we were just talking about who we had a crush on. Well, uh, like just in general from, from the Superheroes. Marvel Pantheon? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I would say growing up, Jubilee. Jubilee was always um, was one of mine. Um, and then Morph uh, from, from the X-Men as well. Specifically the X-Men cartoon, I would say. The morph character from that. And then Beast was another one that, that I really uh, was drawn to. And Cannonball from the X-Force. Oh, like, 
Cable's cool. Cannonball's the, the better part of the X-Force, in my opinion. Let me ask a question of the whole group. If you could think of a LGBT athlete who might qualify as one of the Avengers or one of the MCU superheroes, who would you nominate for uh, superherodom? Well, Captain Marvel is, is Megan Rapinoe. I mean, mm. she just the, 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 the baddest, the uh, uh, strongest, most powerful superhero who everybody just bows to when she walks by. I think that's fair. I don't see many arguments. I like Rob well, yeah, Kearney okay. as, uh, as, as Iron Man. He's my choice for uh, nomination. Here's a question, though. Go, going off one of the few characters I know, why not Rob Kearney for Hulk? Why Iron Man? Because I have Paro for Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll give you one better. I, I had Kearney as Juggernaut. Ooh. Who's like a, Tell us um, why. I mean, he's just big and bad and runs through buildings. I, he's just uh, hes just the, the biggest, strongest. Um, exudes power. That's what it is. He just exudes power. When you think Juggernaut and you think Rob Kearney, you just think power. Yeah, but I also, yeah. when I think of Rob Kearney, I also think of like a genuinely nice guy, and Juggernaut definitely isn't it. Actually, Fair. when I when I think of Rob Kearney, I think of Colossus. I think of this um, immensely powerful, immensely strong, this big guy, but at the same time, just like Colossus, does not feel the need to be, I mean, the real power of him is the humanity of him. And that's what made Colossus such, in many ways, such a very giant, protect, a giant who is powerful, but at the same time, very protective of the people around him. And I see that with Rob Kearney. I see that I I see Colossus and a Rob Carney, and I also see a lot of Colossus in a Ryan O'Callaghan, for example. I would I would see either one of them filling that role. Does that mean I, Sid would ghostwrite Colossus's book as well? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. And by the way, I bowed down to Carly. Carly uh, nailed it with the Colossus. I I I, I withdraw my Juggernaut nomination. Paro is who I see as Colossus in a lot of ways. Um, because you have this giant, like 300 pound, just like pure muscle, strong man, just gets in the ring as a completely different person, vicious, malicious. And then outside of the ring is one of the, like the biggest teddy bears, the most heartfelt people that you could really come to within the professional wrestling circles. So that would be my number one right now. I'm sure there are plenty more that I can rattle off once I run through my brain here, recollecting myself after stepping off the blackbird. <laughs> but you know what? The argument you just made is exactly why I think Paro should be Hulk. Sweet, kind, considerate, and then turns into this beast in the ring. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, though, I love having my back scratched. So for that reason, my adult crush is Wolverine. Ooh, interesting. Get it. There's, there's something else you'd like to tell us, Don. Just no, I think I'll stop there. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> So who else is out there? We've got Megan Rapino as Captain America. Uh, wait, as Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Sorry. No, it, it's it makes perfect sense, honestly, because Megan Rapino would be the first person I would go to after the Thanos snap. Well done. <laughs> I like the sound effect. That's that was very very well done. <laughs> I think that was Brian here coming in to save me there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't. Megan Rapino as Captain Marvel. Mm. 
I don't quite see it. I see Megan Rapino as She-Hulk. Hmm. I think she could pull that one off. You need somebody, I mean, I think you need somebody who can be at one level, very, very powerful, obviously, but also knows how to, but also realizes that brawn is not the solution to every problem. Brains, cunning, a certain level of manipulation. She-Hulk works that well, and also that confidence that says, yes, I'm 6'7", 650, and I can pull off designer clothes. That is so Megan Rapino. it's not even funny. I could see the She-Hulk happening with Megan Rapino. I could see it. Now, who's the Fantastic Four woman who turns invisible? I don't remember her name. I'm not a big fan of Oh, Sue Storm. Four. Sue Storm. Yeah. I was thinking Joanna Loman for Sue Storm, the, the, the Rainbow Warrior. She's invisible. I, I don't know Fantastic Four very well. You're, that, you're, that, that's beyond my pay grade. <laughs> I, can see I saw the movie. I saw the movie. <laughs> the one I like is um, Professor X. I love John Amici for that because oh, John is just incredibly cerebral. Idea. A brilliant bald man. <laughs> he, just, he just jumps to mind. I could see that. I endorse that one. John, John Amici as a Charles Xavier. He's got the voice for it, number one. He's British. He's got he's that. Yeah. He's- yeah. <laughs> uh, before we move on to, to the next thing, because I have a feeling that's the, re- the direction that we're going, there was one more um, kind of one-to-one between LGBTQ athletes and, and Marvel characters that I like kind of drew upon. Because uh, Mystique is one of my favorite characters in, in the like the pantheon there um it really speaks to like a a trans narrative in in a very interesting way especially considering what chris claremont originally wanted to do with the character whenever he was devising mystique um before editorial put the kibosh on some stuff and i kind of see a lot of mystique and fallon fox in the mma world um someone who is definitely comfortable with who they are, but is still fighting to have that, that comfort that they feel about themselves and their own identity be accepted within a community that speaks to violence and, and like machismo in a way that really like looks down upon the community in some ways, you know, it's, it's a constant struggle for to be accepted in the form that, that she feels the most comfortable within and like that really speaks a lot to the the tribulations that mystique goes through as a character within the comics and the films so well brian speaking of trans athletes would you think nyla rose as she hulk oh Oh. god yes (laughs) (laughs) definitely go with that one too yeah can i throw out an outside the box nomination for just the hulk sure uh i would like to suggest tom daly as the hulk uh, not so much as for, you know, the anger Hulk smash because he's British and we know that doesn't happen. But uh, on two levels, first of all, Tom Daly, as we see from his daily workout videos posted during the pandemic, not a fan of shirts. So immediate qualification <laughs> for the Hulk. And also there is an old Tom Daly vlog from like maybe two or three years ago where he went out to L.A., uh, and met up with the famous drag queen out there, and she painted him up as Kermit the Frog, and she dressed up as Miss Piggy, and they walked the streets. And Tom Daly in all green works. It works. <laughs> so got you going, huh? All right. Yeah, I think yeah, I think so. I think Ken was just trying to find a way to pigeonhole Tom Daly into into our discussion here. 
this is a hundred percent wish fulfillment. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let me fair. throw let me throw out an LGBT athlete and then you tell me who he should be in the Marvel universe. Mac Beggs. Ooh. That's a good one. Mm. That's a real good one. Iron Man. I don't know. <laughs> The, uh, <laughs> this was a Marvel Beg- character. I give you credit for that. Mac- <laughs> Actually, I could see Mac Beggs as a young Iron Man. Although yeah. I have a feeling Iceman could be a Mac Beggs could be a good Iceman. I could see Silver Surfer there. Actually, I'm gonna go deep. I'm gonna go a little bit deep on this one. I've got an idea here. I could see Mac Beggs pulling off. I'm thinking Fantastic Four here. I'm thinking Thing Ring, do your thing. I'm thinking the Thing. Wow. Can I throw out maybe Captain America's friend Bucky for Mac Bucky Begg? Brooks? Yeah, hmm. that's someone who there is a portion of the universe that doesn't trust Bucky, but it turns out Bucky is very much a hero at the end. Mm-hmm. What do we think about like Gus Kenworthy and Adam Rippon? Who would they be? Oh, I've got Adam. Adam is Cyclops. There you go. Right. There you go. There, there you, there you go. Adam, yeah. Gus, I, actually, at the beginning, I had Gus as Iron Man. I mean, not Iron Man, but as Iceman. Iceman. I can see him as Iceman. Yeah, cold as blue, cold blue eyes. I agree. I, I just see. I don't. I, I'm not feeling Rippon for for Cyclops just because Rippon's got such a good sense of humor, and Cyclops is such a like a straightforward, uh, straight laced guy. Um. Who's who's somebody with a bit of a sense of humor to him? Which character? Well, yeah. Iron Man's uh, alter ego is. Uh... I, I know Iron Man. Yeah, Gambit. Gambit. Yes, yes, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Gambit. Sure. Would Deadpool work for that? Deadpool's way, way on <laughs> on another side. Fair enough. <laughs> Adam Rippon might take offense at that. Actually, I think. <laughs> I withdraw the suggestion. <laughs> Actually, Deadpool, I can see, like, if, if we're going to bring, if we could bring journalists in this, Ken, I think you could rock Deadpool. Ooh, <laughs> I think you could rock Deadpool. I think you could rock Deadpool. I will take that 100%. If, if, hope that doesn't mean I have to go through what Deadpool went through to get to that. But, you know. You're much more handsome. Hard. You're much more handsome than he is. Ah. <laughs> Does Deadpool blush? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're going to take a quick little break, and when we come back on the other side, we've got more from the OutSports team talking about our favorite MCU movies, our favorite actors and characters, and all the superheroes that you want to hear about. We'll be right back. And welcome back. You're with the OutSports team, Sid Ziegler, Ken Schultz, Carly Webb, Brian Bell, Alex Reamer, and I'm Don Ennis. How about villains? How about some MCU villains? Who's well, Margaret what, Court? Th- yeah, who would Margaret Court be? <laughs> well, well, Brian. Doc Ock. Doc no. Octopus. With a tennis racket. <laughs> Actually, Doc, Ock had, Doc Ock had dignity to him. I don't know if we want to grant her that. <laughs> And Doc Ock wasn't, and Doc Ock was like, was too, and no, wait, I'm getting, I'm getting, actually, no. See, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. See, that's tough with villains, because villain is a very different definition in the Marvel Universe. I mean. What do you mean, Carly? Because 
villain i mean villains like for example the dc universe is it's a lot more cut and dried it's a lot more black and white cut and dried marvel there is a lot of layers and a lot of shades of gray perfect example is one of my perhaps my favorite marvel character is some would call him a villain i consider him a hero that's magneto and that is magneto when you look at backstory intention motives in fact in fact, if I have my way for the, for the for this exercise, my mag my magneto would be a would be a gender flip. My magneto would be Doctor Veronica Ivy. Hmm. And I mean, you, I have. That's the thing about Marvel. Villains are not cut and dried. For example, Green Goblin. Take take the the Green Goblin alter ego doesn't even remember that he's Green Goblin. One and two, he's the nicest darn guy in the world. And number three, he's a scientist. But but when they go when it goes to Green Goblin mode, they're they're a complete psychopath. That's the di- and in in a lot of cases with Marvel villains, there's a lot of there's a lot of layers there. Villains tend to go from villainous to anti-hero at times, even to hero. With the and even there are even those like Thanos who you can't immediately say, okay, I don't like this guy, but there is something about this person that may about this entity that makes sense. I mean, with a few exemptions, like Bolivar Trask, yeah, he's an asshole. We know this. To your point, it's a good point, Carly, that the, the, the villains in Marvel, they have backstory. And, and they're actually real, like, they're real creatures. They're not just cardboard cutouts like a, a lot of the DC. Um, the, the DC villains seem to just be you know, like pure, pure evil. And, and the Marvel villains, it's just, it is, it's, 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 it's. I mean, Magneto and, and some of the films even is a hero. He wins yeah. the day. Matthew Mitchum, anybody have a suggestion? Hmm. Matthew Mitchum. Don't know enough about Matthew to be that specific, I don't think. Yeah, he's a super sweet uh, guy, um, easy to talk to, a uh, bit of a sense of humor to him. Obviously, you know groundbreaking athlete Hmm. from Australia. (laughs) (laughs) We can skip him. What's who's our Dr. Strange. Do we have a Dr. Strange? That would Dr. Strange. Now that's interesting. Funny. I was trying to think of that last night and I couldn't come up. Yeah, that's what I've been pumped in my head against too. Sometimes it just doesn't work, you know. I'm still stuck on Matthew Mitchum. I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> the one that comes up is Ant Man, just because he he went from he just he, he has the kind of that per, per, personality, but he also he went from literally a tiny little ant to the biggest creature on Earth in one dive, and there's the. <laughs> there's there's my there's my reach for Matthew Mitchell. Nothing <laughs> wrong with that. I can see that. Oh, I've got uh, I've got our Emma Frost, Caitlyn Jenner. Hmm. Oh, man. Okay, you got to walk me through that one, Don. Well, she's wealthy. She is someone who has built her fortune, uh, you know, over time uh, from almost nothing. Um, and because having um, gone over the years, the last seven, six years of talking with her, I'd say that um, she means well. So she has sort of a, 
of you know a charitable side of her but when it really comes down to it she wants to put her name out there and it's all about how does she get visibility and how does she get more traction and more more caitlin jenner name in the news kind of thing hmm so who's egotistical but in a benevolent fashion i guess so which, which oh that's a good character? question <laughs> which, which Marvel character? I'm talking. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about Marvel characters. <laughs> well, it's hard to but, tell. Well, it's hard to tell, well, Alex. Well, Alex. <laughs> well, Alex. We have a character for you in the Marvel universe. Alex Uh-oh. can be our J. Jonah Jameson. Oh wow! <laughs> I need to Google that is <laughs> before I can take offense or be proud. <laughs> well, we need a journalist in this. All right. All right. We need right. a journalist in this. Somewhere. All right. That's what you're saying. I got it. Spider-Man's Jake editor. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. So I that, like it. That can get I'm into, into it. That can get into some some murky water though, because which version of J. Jonah Jameson are we talking here? <laughs> well, that's a <laughs> because, good like, point. Yeah, because if you have like the comic book version, like that's much more of a journalist. You get into like where they're seemingly going with the character now with after the video game and far from home. Like that's definitely taking a more Alex Jonesy turn. Well, I'm liking the comic. I'm liking the comic book evolution of J. Jonah Jameson. Okay. Because the beginning, right. J. J. Jonah was very anti superhero. Was very anti mutant, anti superhero. He grew to actually be very, very mutant friendly, hero supportive later on. He, I mean, he he was an example of how they evolved. I mean, but then again, Marvel takes weird twists and turns. Remember, this is the comic that ran Stephen Colbert for president and had Colbert winning the popular vote. Hmm. <laughs> is that a universe that I can live in right now, please? What are our favorite movies? What are the uh, MCU universe movies that you really think are the best? Because for me, I, I know everyone loves the Avengers movies, but I like the Spider-Man movies better. And I have to be honest, the earlier Spider-Man movies are my favorite Spider-Man movies. Sam Raimi's? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just as a director, Sam Raimi can do very little wrong in my world. And I'm with any, you. any movie that involves a Bruce Campbell cameo in it automatically goes up like five stars in my estimation. <laughs> Love Bruce Campbell. He's, he's like cheese, walking cheese. <laughs> oh, God, yes. And also the only villain to defeat Spider-Man in every movie. From the snooty waiter to the uh, the the snooty usher to the snooty ring announcer, yeah, he he beats him every time. The only one. Who else? Oh God, I actually uh, I just had this discussion with one of my buddies for my podcast this week. Um, I think my top three from from the MCU right now probably Black Panther, um, Spider Man Far From Home. And it's always a toss-up between Captain Marvel and the Gar- the first Guardians of the Galaxy, for me mm. personally. I agree oh. with you on Guardians number one and on Black Panther, which I thought was the best movie I saw that year, actually. Yes, yes, yes. Black oh, Panther. and uh, Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok is the most fun that I have had at a theater in a long, long time. It's a fun that, movie. That film just breathes so much new life into the, the franchise as a whole. So good. Will we hear about this on LGBT in the ring this week on Thursday? Yes. Yes, you will. <laughs> little plug, little plug there. Thursdays on LGBT in the ring. I'll agree with you on Thor Ragnarok. 
I'll agree with you on that. I finally saw that this week, and it was more than worth my time. But as far as favorites, give me Black Panther and both Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'm happy. Oh, no, yeah, Spider-Verse. Sid? The Into the Spider-Verse is really good. My favorite of all Marvel movies is the X-Men 2. The way they the 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 way it was a clear allegory for uh, the struggle that, that the LGBTQ community is in. It was it was clear the director Brian Singer um, made it about that, and just the ending where Jean Grey just just lets all of her power loose and and saves the day. Just that, that ending, I just get I get teary eyed when people make sacrifices for other people and save the day and. That that movie did that from the most current ones. Doctor Strange messed me up. I loved that movie and I've watched it multiple times. It's so interesting and and I'm so curious to see what they do with the next one. Alex, give me your recommendations, everybody. Let's go on down down the list. Give me your recommendation. If I were to jump in this week for one Marvel movie, an easily accessible one with a message, though, I need to watch something with a message. What do we have? Ant-Man. I'd say Spider-Verse is probably a good one. All right, all right. And Spider-Verse right. has, has the benefit. Uh, John Mulaney as Spider-Pig is just phenomenally funny. <laughs> okay. I like John Mulaney. So that's, yes. that's, a, that's, a, that's a candidate. Spider-Verse. Okay. I'm going to go back, way back, the Wayback Machine to The Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. All right. The original. All right. All right. All right. I can take, them under, I can take those under consideration. And it wouldn't be bad if you watched Captain Marvel. I think you'd like that. It was probably the most female empowering movie I saw that year. I've heard. Very good. I, I agree, Don. That, that was a great that was a great film. Yeah. You're right. That was one of the best ones. I mean, it was right. def, definite Bechdel Award winner. <laughs> Bechdel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so final thoughts, guys. Alex has basically got his little homework list of movies he has to see. Um, how can how can the Marvel Universe be more supportive of our community, especially our athletes and fans? What would you think? Should there be like a, a movie or a scene like we're talking about in X-Men 2, Sid? Do we, do we need that? Or is that just basically paying us lip service? What do you guys think? I would say that as soon as there's Sorry. a major character that does come out as LGBTQ, that is going to be a gigantic story. I mean, we see that there are articles just speculating as to which characters might be. So let alone uh, the fact that if you write one specifically to honor the community, I think that would be, be huge across entertainment. I would love to see a new character rather than having a character come out. Yeah, that sounds less gimmicky, I think. So I, I, I think I agree with that. I second that. Yeah, I'm I'm along those lines as well. I think it's interesting though because like you already have notable characters within Marvel's history that are out and 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 have t- been able to tell stories, uh, even though they tend to tread into problematic waters um, with those characters that are reticent to the LGBTQ community, and we've seen some of those characters in the films. You know, we point to Iceman. Um, point to characters like Valkyrie, which Tessa Thompson, you know, has been on record saying that she played that character w- with the understanding that she was bisexual, even though that was never explicitly stated in the film. Um, so like, we have characters that have been introduced here that already have that background. 
And we've already gotten the promise from Kevin Feige that you're going to have a gay character be introduced in the Eternals coming up, which historically has, you know, a gay character in it. So, like, they're definitely, like, moving in that direction, but until they allow people to tell, like, stories that are reticent to the LGBTQ community um, within the MCU proper, like, there's, I I feel like there's always going to be some resistance to there especially whenever like you tout yourself the thing that frustrated me the most was that they touted themselves so highly for introducing a gay character and it was one line of dialogue in a cameo in the film that's supposed to end your first saga like that is extremely <laughs> frustrating and it's so disney as well so yeah like, yeah so well, like that, one, one scene of beauty and the beast <laughs> <laughs> well my attitude is don't announce it don't make a deal big deal of it Write a story and just do it. Let them just and let be, the chi- and let and let the chips fall where they may, because you're seeing in other mediums you're seeing this textbook case. One of my favorites, and I one of my favorite things on Netflix, Shira. They queered that up from the jump. They didn't. Noel Stevenson didn't announce it. Didn't make a big deal of it. She just wrote it and says, "Yes, this is going to be queer AF, and you're this is going to be queer AF." Boom, here it is. And you know what? People people ate it up like a duff bar. I'm four seasons in and still binge it. Four years later, still <laughs> binging it. So Damn, I want a duff bar. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my thing is, don't announce it. Don't make a big deal out of it. Create the character. Create the backstory. Create the story. And just, boom, put it out there. And if, the, and if certain dude bro fanboys have a problem with it, they have a problem with it. <laughs> Sid, you get the last word. Give us the last word. I think there are a couple of characters that lend themselves to to maybe being gay or uh, or somewhere in the LGBTQ spectrum. I just I don't like it to see it forced, like 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 uh, you know like yeah like a, a quick little line in in a film. Just I don't know if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, make it feel organic, make it feel natural, and make it like real. Just don't make it a gimmick. And there we are, gentlemen. Thank you, Carly. Thank you. Everyone who listened, thank you. This was a special Outsports podcast. We may do things like this again. Let us know what you think in the comments, on Twitter, on Facebook. And please check out Outsports.com and listen to our podcasts on the Outsports Podcast Network on Apple, Google, Spotify, and wherever you can find Outsports. Take care. I wanted to name one other member of our team as a character. Um, I think that Sid Ziegler is our Uh-oh. Stan Lee. Mm. I could Excelsior. I could see that making appearances uh, here and there. I, always you think, put, yeah, yeah. putting make, putting my making cameos in every movie. <laughs> yes, even, even yes, after that. No, I was gonna say not dead. I'm not dead, Stan Lee. <laughs> <laughs>